Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. This is the greatest shit show. <laughs> Welcome everyone yeah, to Light the Fight. That. I wasn't expecting that. One. See, if you notice, I said this is the greatest shiz show. See, here in Utah, well, certain parts of Utah specifically, we have this thing called non-cursing cursing or just Utah <laughs> County language. So if you're not familiar with Utah talk, when someone says shiz, they really mean, you know what? When they say, I'm going <laughs> to kick your trash, they really mean a part of your body. <laughs> when they say, oh my heck. Well, you guys probably H-E get double yeah. hockey sticks. H-E double hockey sticks. So for those of you people out there that <laughs> don't want to curse, but quasi-curse, you know what we meant. And this is the greatest shiz show because you didn't hear us for the past hour before the show started. See, we're going to have to do some bonus clips or takes and record the first. But the first part would be I don't know if I would you. be uncomfortable. I would, I would not be comfortable with that. <laughs> Listen closely. We're going to put it on. No, they don't want to know. The fight dot. What's some other instead of dot coms? Like Expose. Light, yeah. Or what's biz. dot biz? Yeah. Light the fight <laughs> dot biz. We'll do it that way. No, ref, ref, ref. Yeah. Well, thanks guys for coming and visiting us. It's Heidi and myself just here kicking it on the microphone here to talk to you about just relationship stuff as always that's what we do i gotta tell you guys a great win for me quick quick win um i was at the and shout out i'm hoping i'm hoping he's listening but i was at the rugby pitch this week colton um my oldest son was playing rugby in a men's league and it's it's great because it's kids from byu which is Brigham Young university and utah valley university and they call it young valley so it's it's kind of it's kind of adorable. But anyway, they're playing and this player, um, I believe plays for I don't know. Anyway, one of Colton's comrades. He wasn't actually playing. But he came up and he sat down and um started chatting with me. They were just talking and he was actually speaking Chinese to my husband and, and he gets up to leave and he goes, By the way, I really enjoy your podcast. And and he's like a young kid. And I was like, so I did I did the worst possible thing. Why would you listen? Mm. I asked a question. You're good at shaming people. I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even All the things that don't oh come intuitive, that one does for you. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's like, wrong with you? Why, you? why why are you listening? And you, I know you had good intentions. And it was okay. like really a pure question. Like, yeah. why would you, a young rugby playing would possibly want you? Get you to listen. Anyway. Um, so what do you say? Well, he, first of all, he says, well, my mom told me to listen. So shout out to his mom, right? She, totally. Um, but what was cool is he was able to give me certain points in certain podcasts. I'm not, I'm not going to out him right now. Um, so you knew it was legit. You're like, oh, he, he definitely and, listened. And the thing is, whenever anybody says, I listen to your podcast, I always secretly want to know, like, so what did you think of it? Or what stood out to you? Like, I want to know what, because frankly, I can't remember a thing we Yo, said. what's your most embarrassing Heidi moment? <laughs> like, wait, what? My most embarrassing? <laughs> I mean, if you were me, what right. do you think what would be the- <laughs> What would be the, what should I be embarrassed? Um, but he shared, he shared two or three really pivotal moments. And, and I said, you know, th- you know thank you. That, that's really cool to me. And he says, it's just stuff I wish I would have known my whole life. And I keep, and I say that all the time, like, dang, it would have been good 20 years ago for me, right? Um, and so it was just, I don't know, I just had this moment where I was like, oh my gosh, even a 24-year-old young man is benefiting 
from from the, these ridiculous conversations that we're having. Well, he should be thanking us for us dumbing it down, <laughs> not using big words. We're so relatable. Cause right, because we don't, don't even to, you know, don't have to know the how big to read words. to understand what we're saying. <laughs> well, that, that is really cool. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad he shared that with you and said that. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I I need to stop wearing so many hats and beanies out around town because when I have a beanie on or a hat, nobody recognizes me. Hence, right now, if you're watching this on YouTube, we are I'm sporting the Don't Freak Out hat that you cannot buy. No, it was just a sample that we wanted. Samples. We didn't want it. We don't want to make things available that easy. And the reason why I'm wearing it is because, (laughs) bam! See that band aid right there. If you're not on the YouTube, get to the YouTube right now, just so you can see. What kind of band aid? My can, son chose if, for me. If you can see the actual, I got I got a big old cut on my head. It was self induced. Thought I had some skin cancer when a doctor. Good news is not cancer. Bad news is he had to freeze it off for like the second time. So thought I'd cover up my insecurities for today. I just wear a hat. But um, okay, so we're live. Let's get talking. Let's um, get, let's you know, get but, to it. Before we talk about our subjects today, um, I just want to share with you guys, please, if you're interested in learning about everything that Light the Fight has talked about, all these podcasts, and you want to learn this, I don't know, let's say before the next school year starts, go to our website, lightthefight.com, and register for our upcoming Parent Influencer Workshop coming in August. Okay, so if you're watching this in the video, I'm holding yes, up. Yes, boom. This is the... This is the workbook. It's beautiful, handcrafted. <laughs> um, light the fight notebook. But this has got this is the the manual, the master manual, and um, all the information that we share. So you get the manual. It's a day and a half course. So all day Friday, half a day Saturday, um, and you know what people keep telling us is that it kind of takes everything that we talk about on light the fight. And puts it in an order, and and you know. So if, if any of you are listening to this and you're kind of like, "Gosh, I wish that it could, could get packaged up somehow," because we kind of come at you in these segments, and I don't know what order you listen to it in or whatever. This is a great way. Um, we'd love to see you there. Well, also, this is 21 years of me experimenting with other families' lives. Just to find out what doesn't work. Just to and this get to is this what way. I got that works. Not a very big book, as you can see. <laughs> so if you want to come to the workshop, you'd be doing yourself a favor. All joking aside, it is 21 years of me banging my head up against the wall, trying everything and figuring things out. And a lot of brave families were like, all right, well, it can't get any worse. So experiment with us. And now we're left with just all the best nuggets that we just want to share with you guys. So, And I'm going to say this. And you guys, this this... I don't say lightly, and I'm going to say it anyway. It's really, really good. And it's really, really helpful. And I'm You just, learn something new every time, huh? I do. And I'm not a horn tutor. I'm just not. Yeah. I don't toot my own horn. I leave all the horn tooting to David. He <laughs> <laughs> toots his own horn all the time. Uh. Yeah. yeah. I've been, I've been a relapse, okay? No, I'm like 15 days clean of being cocky oh, and narcissistic. Oh, okay. Well, good. Jeez. That's it. that's that's your longest streak yet. No. 14 and a half, but continue. So, it's I feel uncomfortable um being this horn tootie. Is that a word? It is now. It's a um, phrase. It's really good. And so if you're in the area, if you're local or if you want to even travel in, it's August 2nd and 3rd. Um, and we kind of limit it. It's it's so it's, it's more a small, intimate, yeah. It's a small um, group. You really kind of get to know, you really connect with the people who are there learning with you. Um, it's worth your time yeah. and it's and it's and we're going to upload shortly some uh, some testimonial videos to our website. We got a little minute um, advertisement video, so you can get. A, I forgot you, you about get, those. You can get a look and see kind of the setup and how it looks and stuff. So, check out the website. Check out our Instagram, Light the Fight, and um, yeah, just look into it. If you're interested, give it a try. And uh, so far, we haven't had one person say, "I want my money back." You guys are charlatans. You're fake. 
<laughs> have had a lot of tears afterwards. Have had a lot of deep conversation with people. So have a, had a lot of follow up emails, even like six, seven, eight, nine months later. Of yeah, I mean, you guys, your relationships and your families are not jet skis. They they don't turn on a dime. They don't flick flick around. Um, so it takes a little time, but this is something that that will really make a, make a change. So consider it. Yeah, um, and uh, I got a little announcement. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna toot my own horn now. Let's let's let you. Oh, yes. Oh, now I'm about to say that. <laughs> okay, never. Mind. I was gonna say something that I was happy about. But okay, I'll do. It. Okay, I'll do. It. Okay, like I'll I'm do. Being no, cocky. I am so stoked about this. I'm not for sure you. Right now. I'm no, gonna, you have to. You made me feel insecure. <laughs> I love. I didn't I, even. I, I didn't even know that's possible. I love having a podcast where mostly parents and women talk because I can share. Like, she hurt my feelings. She's like, it's okay, Dave. You're safe here. You can, I, even though no one's ever thought space. that. Because usually I grew up around a bunch of savages. No one cared about my feelings. So I'm glad that people are caring. You about guys, my feelings. this is really exciting, and I'm excited that we can tell because I thought that it was a secret. Well, it was up until yesterday. So basically, what it was is, uh, if you guys are familiar with TED Talks. Um, Utah, the biggest TED Talk here, it's a TEDx, so it's not the big TED. For those of you guys who don't know the difference, TEDx is a locally organized um, organ. It's a locally organized version of the big company called. And TED. it's quite a quite a production to go through. Oh yeah, that like mean, holy yeah, the, cow! It's a big production. Everybody's very serious about this, and they just do a great job. But so I'm excited because I get to talk about parent and teen relationships, parent-kid relationships in my talk. And it's a perfect transition because it's what I want to talk about today. But I chose to talk about parent and teen partnership relationships. And um, I went through the process. Uh, they chose me. So I'm one of the 12 or 14. I can't remember exactly how many are there. So it's fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be in September. Okay, so you just... I mean, you found out a couple weeks ago that you were accepted yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah. And so now you can announce it. Yeah. As of yesterday, I can announce it. And then it's actually happening. You're delivering your talk yeah, in so, September. Yeah. I, I believe it's September 21st at Kingsbury Hall at the University of Utah. I know the tickets go out really, they go pretty fast. So if you would like to go, if you're a fan of TED Talks and and uh, you want to give it a, a shot and you're local. How long does your talk if, have to If you be? actually want to hear me talk. I don't know what's wrong with you, but I'd be very honored to have you come down. Uh, you just have to go to the TEDxSaltLakeCity.com. Um, it's their own. And so will they stream it live or is no, it no, like? No, so, so what they're doing is they're recording that night. And I don't know how many weeks later, but they do their edits and all the final stuff. And then they do a big presentation. I think there's another big party when they launch it on the internet. Mm. So if you're not familiar with TED Talks, it's um, thoughts worth sharing is kind of their big thing. So all I love it. I oh, love yeah, it. Yeah, I've been listening to TED Talks for years. And well, here, um, here's the here's the thing that you got to take all of your information and you got to shove it down into an itty bitty living space, right? Oh, they like, told me I had eight minutes. Eight minutes. Is that really what it is? Yeah. Well, it says you have eight to twelve or thirteen, but they looked at me and they said we're just giving you eight minutes. So I don't know. What, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I was like. Okay. They're probably thinking I might talk way too long. So if so, I say if they say eight, I'll probably take so 12. Like so like no smart. extra words. You know, like you No, you have to you have to you memorize have the whole to entire thing. Really. So you know me, I'll talk for 2 hours and you know, we'll talk a bunch of people. We have a little outline, but there's no memorization going on. So right. I'm looking forward to doing this type. I've never done a talk where I had to memorize it, but 8 minutes that's I, it's going to be I think it's oh going to be pretty easy for me so, to memorize 8 minutes. It's going to be building the talk I think is going to be the hardest part. So I'm, super I'm, I'm looking excited forward about to it, it though. I'm looking and forward to it. You know it. what? Congratulations. It's a big deal. It's a big oh, deal, Dave. Well, thank you. So well, us here at like the fight, we're super proud. We're super <laughs> well, proud the good news you. about it is once they post it, a lot of people can watch it. The bad news about it, if nobody watches it, it wasn't that good. Right. <laughs> so, so you guys, we all have to go and we have to just just keep viewing it over and over. Whether you watch it or not, nobody cares. <laughs> have you not just heard anything keep... like the fight about being honest? <laughs> I'd rather it suck and nobody watch it than instead of people watching it make me believe gonna it. It's not going to suck. It's going to be fantastic. We're excited. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about what the talk about is today. So if you've come to our workshops, you know we're all about this thing called the parent-teen partnership. And um, if you've listened to the podcast, we've actually done a podcast on the parent-teen partnership. And so today what I just want to have a discussion with Heidi is – We've been talking a lot about... You'll notice that I have my notebook out today because <laughs> I was like, okay, I, I have this. I got to write it down. So if, we're just going to take a second. You guys go ahead, get your notebook, 
Get a pen. Get a pen. What I like to recommend is a pen with a nice fine tip. I happen to really like the Pilot, the Pilot G2 0.38. I get mm. asked this question a lot. What is my favorite pen? Right here. Pilot G2. We need an affiliate link or something. Point <laughs> sure three eight. It is <laughs> really hard to find the point three eight. You got to go to the Office Supply or Amazon. They don't just have it at the grocery store. Okay, we're definitely calling them about a sponsor. Okay, because that was way so- too good of an ad <laughs> for free. Anyway, so if you're ready now, we may proceed. Well, I, I just want to talk about partnerships in general with you, Heidi. Um, our what I'm going to be talking about, like I said in my TED talk, is around parenting partnerships, and I won't get in too much about that specifically. But to summarize it, um, I think it's pretty safe to say that traditional parenting styles kind of went back and forth between two different styles. Um, we've mentioned in the podcast before, but it bears repeating: shaming and coddling. Uh, shaming, just, you know, making someone feel bad about what they did and hoping to motivate them. So if you're writing notes, you're just going to write this, draw a line. One end of the spectrum is shaming. This is how I have to do it because I have to like see it in a, in a diagram. <laughs> well, it's repeated information, but it's, you know. No, it's, it's good. good. So yeah, shaming so. and coddling over in, on the other end. Other other end. end. And, you know, you, you can probably look at your parents and see what kind of side they fell in. Um, a lot of it. and frankly excuse you pardon you bless you you need some more if Um, if you are a parent of multiple children or you're in a family where there's multiple children you might notice that some relationships are more shaming and some are coddling and that they change so it's actually not like set in stone (laughs) it can depend on the circumstance, right? And so yeah. it can kind of flip-flop. And and so the reason why I draw that spectrum line also is because it can, it can kind of move. Yeah. Um, and so those are two ends of the spectrum, the shaming and the coddling. Good but cup. The, good, the, good cup, bad cup. Good cup, bad cup. That's kind of what how I describe to people. That's like the old school where you could pretty much tell – Traditionally, you know, in some a lot of families, the dad would be like the shamer. And so the mom would come in totally opposite end. She'd comfort, she'd coddle, she'd protect the kids. She'd tell, she won't tell the dad a lot of truths about what the kids were going through because the dad couldn't handle the truth. Now, it's not always the dad, but this is just the scenario I'm choosing. And so you would see this, they're either the coddler or they're the shamer pretty, pretty consistently in each family. Some families had two shamers but some had one shame or one collar. But nowadays, and this is a little bit different. Now, again, this is my perspective. This is what I see in, in, in kind of the trends in the families that I'm working with. Nowadays, the way I'd like to describe this is we are not our parents. So we know that there's a whole lot of messed up things that our parents did that A, is illegal now, B. <laughs> He's talking about seatbelts. Yeah. Seatbelts. There's a lot of things, you know, laying your hands on your child when you're upset with them. It's always been illegal. It's a little bit more enforced nowadays. They have policies and procedures. A little bit people can call and report you if you do that too much. And all joking aside, you know, it's it's good and safe that we have those those things in place like child protective services. But what I'm seeing happening more often now is since we are not our parents, we don't want to be the hard in your face. We want to find a different way. We want to use our brains. We want to read books and listen to podcasts. We want to be the parent who's in the know. But we were raised by our parents. So it's so in it. when it's things in don't it. work out, because let's face it, we're all, at the, we're all in this stage of parenting together. This is a whole new world. Like this is first generation of parents raising kids that were raised with the internet. Like this is a new thing. So parents don't have like 20 years of research to reflect back on. We're just still learning this. So what I see happens now is that parents will try very hard to not make their kids feel bad. They know what they should do. They they know how they should respond. And logically, they, you know, they work in businesses. They have good customer service. They can't just freak out and snap on people in their normal day jobs and life. So they have this accessibility where they talk to so many other humans, they know that that's not a good way to yell at people. But what happens is, since they were raised by their parents, all too often, parent tries to use what the books told them, what the podcast tell them, things don't go the way that they wanted them to go. 
and they feel taken advantage of, they feel manipulated, they feel used, and then the influence of their parents raising them comes right back to the surface, and you know who you are. I'm talking to you. I'm looking at you. If there was a mirror, I'd be looking at me. We turn into our parents for a moment, and that is not a moment that we want to brag about. We freak out. Yeah, we, we freak out, right? We freak out. We lose control. We do all the things the books told us not to do, but then we say, screw it. I don't care. I've had a long day, and I'm justified. This is unacceptable. Too many wet towels. Nobody ate my dinner that I cooked that I didn't even want to eat, but I made it for them out of love. Nobody's accepting my love. So what I see happen now is that the same parent oscillates and goes back and forth between shamer and coddler. Because after you get done being angry and pissed off at your kids, I'm not saying if you're shaming your kids, you're a horrible person. It's just natural, right? It can happen. Oh, you turn it's, into your parents. Oh, it's natural. Right. You feel, but here's the thing is, afterwards when the emotions are calmed down and all the dust settles, all the things you read and listened to on the Light the Fight podcast comes back. And then you feel horrible. Yeah. You start thinking, what did I do? And after you go back and forth with multiple conversations, replaying it over and over again, if you're a good American mom, at the end of the day, you blame yourself. That's exactly right. Even though it's everyone else's fault, you find a way somehow to blame yourself, moms. Because dads, you can only control yourself. Dads are a little bit better at not blaming themselves for everything, but <laughs> the really good dads blame themselves. Point is, you blame yourselves, mom. You feel horrible. You're left alone. You start looking at baby pictures. <laughs> oh, gosh. Scrapbooks. Um, that's scrapbook <laughs> reference, okay? You start... Seeing the little one-year-old outfit, the onesie that they had. And, the, uh, Halloween the Halloween costumes. That's the one that gets me, really. The sneakers that still smell like their stinky feet, but for some reason it's nostalgic now. <laughs> when it, Before it was annoying, but now it's nostalgic because they're older. So you have all these things, and then you start thinking, what can I do for them to make their life better? And all the things that you've done recently to upset them, now you want to make up for it. So you turn into a coddler. They'll take it. They like it. But you have ulterior motives. You're hoping that if you coddle them, it will get them back on your side. They're going to forget. They're going to forget. That you freaked out. It's going to pacify everything. It's going to get better. You know, but then. Do you guys ever feel like he's just talking straight to you? But then. Ever? They don't appreciate what you've done for them. They go back to their old ways. They're not cute and cuddly anymore. You stop looking at their baby pictures and you get pissed off again. This is a cycle. And so I see the old school parenting. You get the grumpy old dad. You get the mom trying to be, you know, the peacekeeper. You see them going back and forth. But now inside of the family, I see a husband and wife both shaming, coddling, shaming, coddling, shaming, coddling, going back and forth. And then they take turns. If they think the other person's too coddling, then they start to shame. They think the other person's too shaming, then they start to coddle. We haven't actually talked about this shaming, coddling cycle. No, that's what I'm talking about it right now. <laughs> Trust me, there's there's tons of different layers to this. We um, haven't talked about this in any of our... <laughs> but you're so right. I'm sort of like feeling... But this is a new I'm thing. I'm feeling though. shamed right now. I'm not saying parents <laughs> didn't do this in the past, but parents didn't have many eyeballs on them being good parents. Because if you post online a picture of you and your child smiling and happy, well, now you got to live the life to back it up. And that's not maybe not all of you are big social media people, but for those people who like to share their thoughts and feelings on social media, you post that picture two hours later, you're not smiling happy with them. It's like, gosh, like how do I get back to that place? So the shaming, coddling, just to get you caught up to speed, it's very traditional in families. Nowadays, it's it's being a little bit different, like it's going back and forth within the same parent. And so Or it's it, just maybe accelerated. Yeah, accelerated, right? Um the parents are taking turns now being shamers and callers. So what I've come up with throughout the years is a different option. It's partnering. Old school psychology used to say authoritarian parenting is bad. That's kind of like the drill sergeant parent. Then the enmeshed parent, that's bad. That's the parent who drinks and smokes with their kids, who's like their kid's actual peer. What did you call that? Um, enmeshed. Enmeshed. That yeah. sounds fancy. Uh, it's not pretty though. Just imagine a power cord with like 50 cords all tangled up together. That's it's like they're too close. The okay. parent and the kid. Okay. That's like where the mom's like, oh, that boy's cute that you're bringing over. Does he, you know, like, by the way, there's moms that try to get young teenage boys to like them or like the girl or they want the girlfriends to think that they're cool. Like they're part of the friend group. 
some teenage girls have told me they feel they're in competition with their moms. I I can I've seen that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes with boys with dads too. I don't really have that, by the way. I can't. I can't. Just so you know. I'm just okay. I just want everyone to know where I the, where my your shame line is. stops, okay. starts and stops. <laughs> so um, back to that. The partnering is a shared experience. It's a shared risk. When you're partnering with someone, you share risks and benefits. So when we talk about the parent-teen partnership, all we're saying is think about all the relationships in your life that were or could be titled a partner. It could be a friendship. That's a partnership of type of a type. It could be a school partner, someone you're working on a big project with. It could be a business partner. It could be someone that you're on a team, a sports team with. It could be a relationship, intimate relationship partner. All these partnerships, every single one of you have had tons of experience with both good and bad partnerships. Now, maybe not perfect partnerships, but you've had enough partnerships to know when I work with a person that respects where I'm coming from, gives me the benefit of the doubt, has the same need and desire wants to work because knows that if we work together, it'll be better off for both of us. That's a good partner. And then if they continue to act like that, now we can help each other out. Now, a lot of us have also been in partnerships where either you're doing all the work, um, there's not clear communication, there's unclear expectations what you or the other person's supposed to be doing. The next thing you know, things become dramatic, problems arise. And you spend more time dealing with the relationship than the task at hand. Drama. Exactly. So if you feel like you've had different variations of those partnerships in your life, well, then you're qualified. You're more than ready to initiate these partnerships in your own life. And when I say these partnerships, the type of partnerships like that I was saying that you're feeling like you have the same goals, you're clear about your intentions. And you know that if you work together, it's going to be benefiting for both of you. Like it's a win-win on both sides. Otherwise, you wouldn't want to get into that partnership. The partnerships that we choose, we have our own agenda. We want something from that. And that's not bad. That's not wrong. But if it's not clear with the person you're in a partnership, what are your intentions and what are their intentions? And if it's not honest and upfront, then things get pretty problematic. They can get pretty problematic pretty quickly. If you're dating someone, you know how it is. You start at the very beginning. They tell you, oh, I've been burned. I've had all these bad things happen to me. And they're telling you about all the things that they don't want to put up with and that they've went through. And your mind just cataloging, okay, this is who I can't be. This is who I can't be. I have to remember to not do this. Remember to not do that. And so we're trying so hard to mold ourselves into the person we'd like them to be. We don't recognize that we're not clearly stating what we need them based upon our experiences, and they're not clearly stating to us what they've learned about those past experiences. They're only stating to us what we can't do for them. Like, we can't do this to them because it would ruin them again. So to clearly state that, partnerships are so much better if upfront you identify who's a good partner, you tell them why you want to partner with up with them, Give them the opportunity if they want to partner with you. If they want to partner with you, great. Then you talk about what are your expectations, what are their expectations, and how to change as the partnership grows. Most partnerships jump right into it saying, okay, well, this seems great on the surface. We'll figure out the rest later. Because most people, when they need a partnership, they're desperate for some reason. Our closest best friends that we got close over the course of a lifetime those aren't really desperate situations. Those have more time to grow and like get their own legs and you have life experiences that they show up for you, you show up for them, and then it's forged. But in day-to-day -day partnerships, there's a lot of partnerships in our life that don't meet the criteria that we just discussed, those basic, simple things. Some people get into relationships that they want to be a partner with a person and it's good for a little bit, but they don't take into consideration that every relationship has an expiration date. You can start a great partnership, have a great conversation. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what you're going to do. If we both agree upon this. We're going to be better off. But that might be good for a month or two. That may not be good for a long term. It this it feels. I mean, this is just me kind of thinking out loud. Yeah, no, I I want this to be a conversation. <clears throat> when when you're entering into some type of an uh, of a partnership that maybe structure is 
obvious or expected, meaning, you know, you're going to work for somebody or you're going to work together and um, you're going to define roles or whatever that is. Um, I can see a natural place for this conversation to start. Yep, absolutely. But if you're just like one of my neighbors has become my my really good friend, how do you like slip in? I want to have a I want to be in a partnership with you. Like like so what's I, the real life? <laughs> well, I I can give you a one small example that happened this week and my wife actually did. My wife when she told me what she did, I was like all right, she's been listening, even though she didn't need to listen to me. She just figured it out on her own. Um, so, so we were going to have a play date um, with a girl, not just in the same neighborhood. She's uh, new to our neighborhood, but she's in my daughter's class. They seem to be friends. The mom seems nice. Kids seem nice. Everything's fine. But my daughter wanted to go over to their house alone, even though she's down the street, and do this play date. My wife checks all the boxes that she thinks, okay, you know I, I, I think I feel safe with this. I think this feels good. So she goes down there and right when she meets, she already knows the mom, but right when she meets the mom, she talks to her. She said, she said, Hey, um, I would just like to share with you a couple thoughts that are on my mind. And the mom goes, yeah. She said, um, I, I'm a stickler about internet and this type of stuff. Um, I would just like to know if your kids have free access to any internet here or is that something that you already have taken care of so they can't just get on devices, stuff like that? She goes, oh, no, we have blocks. And she, she was like looking at my wife kind of like like surprised, but pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. And, and my wife said a couple of things to her, say, okay, well, um, this is what we do at our house. You know, is this something that, you know, is, is something that, that you guys do here? Is that common for you guys here? And she's like, yeah. And the, the mom started talking about it and they started getting into it. And then once it was kind of getting done, she stopped. She goes, wow, I'm so glad you asked me all those things. And my wife said, what? Or I, I'm so glad we talked about this. My wife said, oh, really? She goes, yeah. She goes, I have so many girls that my daughter wants to go on play dates. And I even let her go on play dates because I don't even know how to start the conversation. And you just jumped right into it and just said, hey, listen, this is important to us. I'm not saying that this is a deal breaker. She can't handle here. Just these are things that I, I just like to know as a parent. And she was so relieved. They had a great conversation. She was like, I'm going to do exactly what you did. Like the next day, like she, <laughs> she was just all excited. She's like, thank you so much. I think everybody's looking for good partners. If you have a neighbor and you need that neighbor to do something for you and you want to ask them for that, you can establish a partnership right there. Say, listen, if you don't feel comfortable taking out my trash when I'm out of town, that's fine. But if you could do that for me, I'd be more than willing to do that for you. If you ever need, you know, something, if you're gone and you don't know if you close garage, call me, I'll close garage for you. And so what you can do is you can start small partnerships, but you have to state your intention. You have to say, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm wanting. And with the expectation that they may not be a good partner for you and they may not want to partner with you. If you do this enough times, you will come across like-minded people, people like my wife and this other woman that they automatically were like, yeah, me too. I'm on the exact same page. They had a great discussion. My wife walked away going, wow, I, I, I didn't think that was a, a big deal, but yeah, it did feel good. Great conversation. Now it's so much more trusted. And guess what? That woman's son came over to a play day at our house the next day with, with our little boy. She was like, thank you. Now I feel totally comfortable. And, you know, just start an open conversation. And so I really, truly, I really, truly, let me act like I can speak English for a second. <laughs> people need partnerships. It's how we survive. If people didn't learn how to work with other people, we'd be in a whole lot of hurt. Our ancestors may, netta, may have never got to this far in our development and in our growth as human beings. So there are partnerships in your life that you may need to go over the fine-tooth comb and they may not meet your expectations. And you may try to say, hey, listen, I don't like the where partnerships going. You know, I, I, you don't have to use word partnership, say relationship, but this is what I was thinking. You don't have to think the way I think, but I just want to know what your thoughts are. Gauging to see where someone's else, someone else is at in their life at that particular point. Some people could be a great partner a year ago, but circumstances have changed. Maybe they're going through a divorce. Maybe they're going through a hard time themselves and they're not really going to be the best partner at times. 
So identifying what are the partnerships you really need in your life and going after those partnerships and sharing your intention of why you want them to be your partner and what you're looking for as well. I think we're so scared to not act like we're, I, I know for myself, like I want to be like, hey, it's all good. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. But when it comes to your kids, how cool can you really be? I'm not cool when I'm just dropping my kids off at other people's houses. and like, oh yeah, you watch my kids for me. Heck no. I've reported too much child abuse. I've had neighbors like tell me like, do you not trust your kid over at my house? And I looked at them and said, oh no, no, no. It's not that I don't trust your kid, my kid over at your house. I go, that has nothing to do with about it. I said, I've reported so much sexual abuse and so much child abuse throughout the years that I just need to know. And if you have an uncle living in the basement all day long playing video games, God knows who knows what they're doing down there. I'm not sending my cute little eight-year-old daughter to be playing in your basement. The parent looked at me and said, oh, well, he's just here for a couple months. I'm like, well, I'll see you in a couple months. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that harsh, but I was like, dude, no disrespect. I'm like, you're telling me to trust you. I'm saying it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with my experience. And if you, and I, you know, I said in a polite way, and now it's it's great. Like uncle moved out. Like I trust the parents. It was just one of those awkward, weird situations coming out in his pajamas. I'm like, I don't know if a four-year-old <laughs> dude wearing his pajamas is going to be a good idea for my eight-year-old to be hanging out with. You know, that's not cool. It, it's not going to happen. So that's one example of how we can see partners. But man, isn't it better to have out, more allies than enemies? Oh, for sure. And if we're only trying to show our side of ourselves that we think someone else will accept, yeah, we, we may not always be the most popular, popular person, but there's not going to be miscommunication later on when I tell someone, hey, listen, I don't feel comfortable with my kid being there. And if they say, well, listen, this is my house. I say, listen, I'm just saying, I just don't feel comfortable for these specific reasons. It can hurt and sting a little bit, but I can tell them this isn't personal. This is just me. Maybe it's my issue. If they get mad at me and they don't want my, fine, well, my, my kids hang with your kids either. I, I get it. I get it. And I know I'll never have to child report child abuse to your house because my kid ain't going to be there. <laughs> Sometimes there's not partnerships that are going to be working out. So I want to know what you have to think because I know there's lots of relationships and lots of partnerships that, that this could be related to. But um, what do you think about what I'm saying, Ani? Well, I'm kind of doing like a little inventory in my mind um, because one of the things that I have found in, in my whole life is that, and we talk about this a lot, relationships are so are so valuable and when um some would even say they are the most important thing in life you would say that i would say that. <laughs> so it's true and so i have thought about it in fact this is a an example that i give quite often i remember um back when i was a server at chili's and this is this is going back to chili's you guys i loved being a server at chili's it's still like my favorite restaurant, whatever. So you get the two for twenty, the three for. 25 I just or... want the chips and salsa for my meal, for dessert, for the appetizers, just like the whole thing. It's it's just a nonstop. Anyway, okay. Chili, so, she can sponsor us. Everybody's like, episode. and now we're going to chili. So, I think it was like in the first after I trained, I started noticing um, the certain server that was really chummy with the cooks and always like giving the cooks drinks. So they had these certain cups that you could use to, to get a drink in the back. You couldn't yeah. like whatever. Anyway, I'm noticing I'm always like checking in on the cooks and kind of joking around with the cooks. And to me, you had like the cooks and you had the serve, you know, I don't, I didn't know. I was just kind of, <laughs> I was just kind yeah. of anyway. So one night, click yeah. So one night, um, I'm closing with this particular server, and and um, we're counting our tips. He killed me, like double the tips, and he'd been there for a long time, and I was new and whatever. But um, did he have more buttons and pins I, and flare? I'm him? sure. And and I was like, how? What? Okay, What's I was your like, secret? teach me your magic, you know. And he goes. It's all about the cooks. And I was like, what? And he goes, you take care of those cooks, they take care of you. They get your food out faster. They get your food right. If there's they something messed up, they'll you. switch yeah. it really quick. And people really appreciate fast service. And so usually you'll get better tips 
when the food comes out fast and, you know, you're attentive, it's hot, it's not messed up, whatever, that's where your tips are, right? And so um, I started to really, like, pay attention. So I'm, like, really working my friendships with, like, the bar, you know, because they were handling the drinks and really kind of taking on this, and and it it worked, right? And it wasn't disingenuous. I wasn't using the cooks, like... I was really like, okay. And and so then you you tip the cooks out at the end of the night and that kind of obviously strengthens your relationship when you yeah. when you share tips. Yeah. And so then it becomes a partnership in yeah. a way, right? And so um I scratch your back, you scratch my back, and we're all and we're actually having more fun too. Because yeah. we're goofing off and now we're friends and we're going to you know, village in after like or, or whatever, much, yeah. right? Um, and so I, th- I was thinking about this, like, even in terms of my kids, they always figured out how to be friends with the, with the ladies at the front office at school, right? Because when the ladies at the front office at the school like you, life is better at school, you know? And so like these types of, and these are relationships and the lady at the front office at the school would much rather have kids that are like, hey, what's up? How are you? You're looking really good, Mrs. So-and-so or whatever. And wants to like have somebody like them and be friendly to them rather than just always the, you know, that cold teenager experience or whatever. And so I like to think of this as resources almost these partnerships are your are your resources heck yeah you know and for me like they're your lifeline i have a really good friend and i'm going to give a shout another shout out sorry here we go again to persnickety prince and this is a really good friend of mine that owns a photography place and on memorial day i needed some photos because i was filming a video and i had to call her at seven in the morning on memorial day and say I need these photos. Can I come pick them up? And she, she drove to her, to her shop and I met her there and she gave me, because we have a a partnership that is, I use the photos. I talk about where I got them printed. I love the quality. I think they do amazing work and she helps me by giving me amazing quality photos. Right. And, and it's an awesome partnership that you know what it doesn't matter what time of day I would show up for her, absolutely. You know, and that is what's making her business and our friendship su- successful. And you know, interestingly enough, at a really hard time in my life, she unexpectedly showed up and understood. And if we hadn't have had a partnership that was really healthy a business partnership almost that was really healthy. There might not have been the space to, to really be a support to me emotionally as well. I've even had the chance to return the favor, you know? And so I never showed up and said, this is what I want from you. But I do remember when I met her the first day and I was like, how can I help you? I need to teach people how to, how to print their photos. How can I get your word out? And yeah. and I want to drive as much mon- as many of my people to you because you do so such good work. And um and we started just helping each other because we had the same goal. So one of the things that you mentioned here was do you have the same goals? And so for me, when I was at Chili's, the same the goals were better tips, right? That was yeah. the goal. Also to get your food out fast so you turned your table so you got more people right the cooks had the same goal they wanted friends they wanted extra drinks they wanted to get tipped out they wanted to have a social experience as well at work my friend that owns persnickety prince our friends our friendship our our relationship really started out in i needed my people to print out photos so they could use my products and she needed people to print out photos because that was her business. And now I feel like she would do anything for me. 
And so I don't know. I think that what I'm wondering is, number one, we're not really getting into the parent-teen partnership right now. We're talking about just partnerships. But as I look at my children, each one of them individually, and the relationships they have in their lives, they have relationships with their teachers, with leaders at church, with friends, obviously, with me and my husband, with cousins. And I can see, like, and I'm talking just off the cuff here as I as we're having this conversation, that I could probably do a little bit more coaching, helping them understand, number one, how to be a good partner. So I'm switching the word friend as partner. A friend cares, right? And a friend loves you no matter much. Friend, somebody that you have fun with, but a partner, someone you can count on. And and some friendships are a type of a partnership, but most friendships right. are friendships, but you don't depend on that person to do something for your survival per se. But if you're not willing to tell a friend when they've maybe hurt you or cross a line, it can't be a partnership. And good point. Cause I was just going to add to that. The best friendships are partnerships and some of the best partnerships turn into friendships. Right. You can get, like you said with that photographer, you can get a trusting relationship. When you work with someone long enough, you start to see them as a person and you start to see what their capabilities and if they have partnership characteristics that you might want to take over in your personal life. So the word that comes to my mind is value. Absolutely. Right. And so if you feel number one, valued, and if what that person is offering you, there's a value to, then you're going to want to protect that. Right? If you don't feel valued, and if what is happening, drama, not, you know, continuous disagreements, or I think that even partnerships have drama. Like, it's part of it, but it's whether or not you can work through it and that you can, the value outweighs the mess, because there's always going to be mess, right? I mean, maybe not always, <laughs> well, there and, can be. And the reason why it's it's so natural and so easy for us as people to value really good partnerships in our life is because those partnerships help us sustain our life. And when we don't have a partnership in our life that burns inside of our brain, do not forget what it's like when you had a agreement, a partnership with someone that person didn't show up. They didn't do their end of the bargain. That made your life so much more difficult that your brain says, we got to make sure we only get involved with partnerships that are going to have value and be mutually benefiting. It's easy to get caught up in the middle though, because if you get burned too many times, it's also easy for a person to think that they can't trust people. They have to do it alone. And then you lack the opportunity to work with other people. I'm only as good as a counselor as people's problems are that they come in and bring to me. So if someone came to me and said, Hey, I want to pay you just to, you know, just, just to t- talk to you about my day. I'd be like, okay. And they talk about my day and they talk about their day and they'd be done. I wouldn't be that good of a counselor because I wouldn't be required hmm. to add anything. You don't really add any yeah, value. I don't really, I don't really need any value. I'm just like, I'm just the guy that they pay to be their friend. Basically. Fortunately, I don't have that going on. Fortunately, when people come to me and say, I have a you real some problem. Big problems. <laughs> These people I don't have a shortage of problems. problems. my clients listen to this right now. I go, oh, yeah, my, uh, my bad. He does not have a shortage. <laughs> of, I, don't, I don't get the easy ones. Let's put it that way. But what I do get is I do get people saying, listen, here's my situation. Here's the challenge I have. In all your years of experience, have you seen something like this? Can you help me make sense of this? And if I can, if I have, I say, great, let's do it. And I start doing that. And then through that process, they're like, you know what? I didn't realize there's some other stuff I forgot about. I didn't realize that I could be doing these other things. So now my partnership with them is to help them how to see partnerships better and how to see partnerships differently. That's why the whole entire parent-teen partnership comes from the most basic, common parent-child relationship fact. You are their parents from zero to 18. But if they live a long life, the partnership 
is the majority of your relationship your whole entire life. In fact, I think it'd be argued like they don't even need you zero to 18. It's like zero to 14, you know, and like there's just this space. I I mean, they I think need that, you. I think that he doesn't have any 14 to 18 year olds. They need they you. are helpless. They need you. Helpless but, humans. Yeah, they need you, but not <laughs> as much as they pretend to need you sometimes, right? Okay, so, maybe. So with, with with the partnership is that when you know for a fact that you could not do something or your life would be much more difficult if you didn't have a person doing their thing over there, well, then, yeah. The, the, then you start to go, okay, so I better come at this person a certain way. I better treat this relationship with respect. I better have some sort of clear understanding with this person. So when we talk about parenting partnerships, when I tell parents, and you, know, you tell them too, when we tell them, hey, listen, look at your kids like a partner – Parents know what that means, but they have a hard time scratching. It's How true. could I see this kid as a partner? I'm like, well, you better because they're only going to be a kid for a short period of time. If you don't start seeing a partner until they're already thinking that they're well-deserving of your respect and you're a little late to the party in respecting them, they're not going to want to be your partner. People don't want to work with other people that don't make them feel like they have value. I, th I think that it bears. So one of the thoughts that I have is that like, if you think about like a, like kind of a big upside down triangle. And let's say that the very the very bottom of the upside down triangle is this parent-teen partnership or this parent-child partnership. And as it goes up, you get like maybe your very best friends, other family relationships. And and there's not very many of those, but so like if you're if you're just on for the people who are watching, they're benefiting from my hand motions here. But, but so there's not very many. That's still kind of a limited number of relationships. And as it goes up, you maybe you get teachers and coaches, and and maybe there's a few more of those. And as it goes up, you get friends, and then maybe it goes up, and there's this really wide place where you can, you might have like the lady at the school, um, the bank, the teller. police officer. Yeah, like. All these the different people that, clerk, yeah. that they're actually contributing to your life, even though. And you may specifically these, wait in line to see that person because you do you have do. a relationship with them. They right. treat you well. They give you free lollipops. You know, right. I go to the sushi chef that gives me some free rolls. You know? Yeah. I mean, you start to know like the guy at the. I tip them better. Exactly. So I think that when we can establish with our kids, like look at all these really productive relationships and partnerships that exist in your life and then teach them about how to invest and how to add value to those relationships obviously when i'm saying this you have to do it first so that that can be the caveat right well like always heidi you always try to jump to my oh the punchline did the, i hit the punchline punch <laughs> jump to the so i was gonna leave you guys with something um just some kind of fun to do something that you don't have to really put a lot of work into, but you're going to actually start the partnership conversation with your kids at a very young age. That's how it works. Or if they're not very young, you can start it today. Or you can start today, but you can start it as, at a very young age. Let's go back to the restaurant, Sal, right? So what I do is I tell my, you know, explain to my oldest daughter, here's what you do. You explain, me, I have a nine-year-old daughter. So I've explained to her, but I'm telling you like I haven't done yet. I'd explain to her about how me and mom have a partnership and how her and her friend, they want to come up with a dance routine because her friend was moving out of town. So they want to come up with a dance routine, record it, like to always have that with each other. And I talked to her about how long you guys had to work on that and you had to work on the moves and choreographic. It's it just this cool thing. And I said, that was a partnership. And so I keep on talking about you have a partnership with this person. So I keep on having conversations so that she can see oh, wow, when I worked with her, it was a good thing. We had a partnership. And so she sees partnerships as life-sustaining and she puts a very high value on it. So we do jujitsu. I tell her it's important to work with your partner. You don't want your partner to be hurt because if they get hurt, then they can't practice with you. So then I start asking her, I'll say, like, if we go to a restaurant, I'll say, hey, Solana, um, who do you think... Uh, is working together. It's like, where do you think the partnerships are at? She'll be like, look around. She's like, that person in the back is making the food. They give that person, that person delivers us the food. 
And I said, what other partnership? She's like sitting there, Mike. And I tell her, me with the person that delivers the food. She goes, what do you mean? So I give them money if they give me the food right and on time. And if they don't give them the food right and on time, I'm a little bit nicer than your mom. So I'm still going to give them a little bit of money. My <laughs> wife's like, shut up. <laughs> and, uh, and I'll just say things like that. I'll just say like, hey, you know, like I give them money. We have a partnership because that person, did you see when the, when the lady opened up her book to, to give us the check? Oh, yeah. Did you see the little picture of her kid? She goes, yeah, she's working this job. So she get money so she can buy her little kid sneakers and shoes. She has a partnership with me to help her kid. I just started having conversations and I encourage people to have conversations talking about partnerships so that your kids can see how many partnerships around them. The world revolves off of partnerships. I mean, that's what people get. And that's why businesses, they have a lot of legalities to make sure when they sign certain papers that the partnerships are clear in businesses. We're so much more clear. Well, you would assume that a business would be much more clear with the partnership why can't we be that clear in our own family relationships? And really like helping your kids, maybe they're in some relationships and helping them say, is this adding value or do you feel valued? And so if you don't, maybe it it is expired or I've, maybe I, you yeah. do have to, is there another opportunity that you see that you might want to invest some more effort in so that you can get the value back? Yeah. I think that that's a great idea. Interesting. Well, that's super interesting. Like I've never had those types of conversations and it really comes, with my kids. I mean, it's, it's a basic thing. If you look at it, when we have bad partnerships, things aren't going well. It's true. Mm-hmm. When we have good partnerships, whoo, we dodged a bullet. Like we can think, wow, like that got me out of a tough situation because the guy down the street that I've been really nice to every time I pull in the neighborhood just so happens to be good at cars. My car broke down. What, how would I have known? Just smiling at the same person every day. How would I have known smiling at that person every day? Think of how many relationships you have in your life that are so important in your whole entire survival. And think about how you met the person. Sometimes it's the most random ways. I can think of some of the closest people. People, um, I I thought about the other day, um, the majority of the people I talk to on a day-to-day basis are people that I met from my clients, their friends and their friends. There's people I've known for 10, 12 years now that I speak to all the time. That, yeah, I, I'm in a partnership, like a client-therapist uh, partnership relationship with them, but they're going to have troubles whether I was around or not. I'm going to be seeing clients whether you know they're around or not. We just happen to come together at the same time. They refer a friend to me. Then I'm like, wow, and I appreciate it. And then the next day I know it's like, wow, you know what? You're looking for a job? Huh? You're good in that industry? Just so happens one of my friends owns one. I've gotten so many of my clients jobs. Mm-hmm. Then the people that I say, Hey, listen, you know, I would suggest this person every now and then they, they go, how do you know them? Well, I ask my client is it okay. If I share with how I know you, if they say, yeah, I'll tell them that they say, great. I trust you. They don't look at it as a person that, Oh, they must have problems if they're coming to see you. Like if you're vouching for them, they must be solid. Mm-hmm. That must, that means they're in a different trajectory in their life. They're going in a different direction. So if you, we can start to see how much really good partnership air quote, relationships, being sarcastic right now. If we can see how much partnership relationships play out in our day-to-day survival and happiness, we can start looking at a lot of our relationships like, you know what, this is a potential good relationship, but we haven't established a real partnership. We're just acting like we're partners. We haven't really established and clearly stated what we're expecting. And so by simply saying, hey, you know, well. And by the way, you can't state it in the middle of a partnership fight. (laughs) It's always best if there's not a confrontation before you start telling the other person what you want them to do. Cause then it sounds like a demand. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I think the thing that I love about this the most is just helping people see it, helping your kids and then you looking at it and realizing that that's, that's the whole point is to add, add value and then to, receive that value because that's just setting you up for really what you want to have happen in your relationship with your kids. If you parents out there listening to this and if you're skeptical that you can do this with your kids, a couple things I want you to simply remember. One, you can be partners with your kids. And even though if you're looking at this in the sense of it's not an equal partnership, 
That's right. important. That's important. <laughs> it's important to know that this is not a financially equal partnership because the day that they came into this partnership, you've been fronting them. You've been paying for everything from diapers to baby food to everything that they've needed. However, this is a type of partnership that's a legacy partnership. This is the type of partnership that this partnership can give them a future. And so when it's their time to reign, meaning when they're in the, the middle of their life, they got their own families, they've got their own business, whatever, they will never turn their back on you, their parent, because the partnership is already established. The details of how you use your life, um, your choice of your life, what you do in your life, those are just basically the differences of how you choose to use your part of the partnership. If a parents and teenagers and parents and kids can develop this partnership from 18 to the rest of their life, that's what you are anyways. You just, there's no requirement you have to be good partners or effective partners. You're in this partnership together in life, whether you want to be in it or not. So treat it like a real partnership. Tell your kids that the information that they have in their life, that they're learning, you want them to bring it to you. Don't be so quick to tell your kids or your loved ones who are younger than you or below you that their ways of thinking are ridiculous or that the new way of, of music is stupid. Be really careful not to throw aside all the information that they're bringing to you because that information may not be relevant to you, but you're not necessarily going to be living your whole entire life in power and control. You may want your partner to feel like they have some saying things so that way when it comes down to whether they want you to send you to a nice retirement home or you know just uh, the ghetto one down the street, they may put together the money to send you a nice one. I know the one I want to go to. It's called Carlsbad by the Sea. It's on the water in Carlsbad. <laughs> you better just start, uh, it's got like a 30-year waiting list, which is quite ironic because you know everybody says like nobody dies in that place. They got saunas and they got like jacuzzis in your rooms. You got a dance hall there, <laughs> and it's next to all my favorite restaurants. So Anyways, back to the partnership. <laughs> Point is, you want to have a good partnership with your kids because that partnership is long-lasting. That it just doesn't end. But it's probably not intuitive. A lot of our family relationships are just expected. And so this really kind of puts some intention into the relationship rather than just being maybe whatever it will be. And I think that I think that that's a that's a big number one point. It can be just expected. There can be just enablers and you know the demands and what you should do or what you feel obligated to do. But I think when our relationship with our kids switches from an obligation to an intention, some big changes can be made. And I can do a lot of work here. Yes, a lot of work. No, I, what Heidi just said, I, I couldn't agree with more. You, you're in a position where you have so much more influence over your kids, your friends, your family members, your loved ones, the grocery store clerk. You have no idea smiling at them and being happy to see them, how that lifts up their day. As a private counselor, people tell me, basically every time I see them, when I ask them what are their highs and their lows of the week, the highs are always if people notice them and talk to them and you know, they had good conversations with people and the lows are always the opposite of that. Well, you just said something that I think that, I don't know what number it is, but we've talked about the smile experiment before. Did we name the episode the smile experiment? I don't know. I can't remember. Dang it. Um, Siri, <laughs> open up my Light the Fight podcast app. Uh, um, so you you can find it if you look back. I should know it. I shouldn't have brought it up. But anyway, the smile experiment is such a huge part of um, establishing relationships and letting them know you're open for partnerships. Creating, yeah, you're creating available. those connections. So anyway, that's the side that was a side note, but such a such a big one. Well, as always here at Light the Fight, we appreciate each and every one of you for being a fan, listening. Now you can watch on YouTube. Be patient with us. We're getting the whole YouTube thing figured out. We're not quite up to date on the posting, the time it comes out on iTunes. Uh, we're having all the best technical geniuses that work for free on it. Um, hey, so that's we why it's are taking a while. <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> but, uh, but thanks, as always, for listening. Um, 
Heidi, I want you to tell them who we can thank as our community sponsor. Yes. Making this As always, we're so thankful and we're honored to work with the folks at 1-800-CONTACTS. Um, so if you do need contacts, and actually you can also get glasses there. You can just, do your own eye exam on their apps now. Silent. It's pretty cool. You can get really? your own eye exam. Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Go check it out. I will. Yeah. Um, anyway, we love those folks at 1-800, and we're just thankful for um, what they do for the community, for the people who work for them, and for us. So thanks to, to 1-800-CONTACTS. And like David said, thanks to you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing the information with the people that you talk to in your connections, in your conversations, and in, in your partnerships. Um, yeah, partnership's good. Not partnering with people, not so good. <laughs> That's right. More more talking. Being a lone wolf doesn't work out so well That's sometimes. Right. That's right. So thanks for tuning in and listening, and always thank you for helping us to light the fight.